Good to see everybody. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Whoa, sorry about that. It's so good to be here at Four Points today. Even though it was a little rainy this morning, I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, We had last week, if you weren't able to make it, we had an awesome Christmas service. And I'm happy to report today that with uh, the regular offering and our Christmas gift offering last week, we almost took in $40,000 last Sunday. So we are so excited about that. And just a reminder, if you haven't had a chance to give your uh, Christmas gift this year, if you're wanting to do that, we still have offering envelopes in the back, and you can still give on the kiosk. Of course, we're going to be building that church Uh, putting the roof on that church in Nicaragua later this year, and so that money's going for that. We're very excited about it that we're going to be able to do it. This Wednesday, we hope to be able to talk to Pastor Jose uh, via Skype and let him know that we have the money and that we're going to be coming down there soon to get the project rolling on the roof, and we're just we're pumped about that. So Mark's not here today, as you can tell, and he asked me if I would preach, and I was like, well, Sure, I'll do it. Uh, that sounds great. This is my first time getting to preach at Four Points since we started. And uh, I had a, he was like, just preach whatever you want, you know, just come up with some ideas. So I, I got to thinking, I said, well, number one, I really love Four Points, and I love Pastor Mark. I mean, we're, we're real good buds, and I mean, we, I love the volunteers here at Four Points because without the volunteers, uh, we couldn't do what we do on Sundays. And I really love the mission of Four Points Church. Mark has the, the vision, to, to, the mission to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. I'm sure you all have heard that a ton. I just love it. I love what we're doing here. So back to what am I going to preach about my first time I get to preach at Four Points. And I've preached before where I previously, where I previously worked. It's been several years. But they always let me do or told me to do a uh, Mother's Day or Father's Day message. I got those Sundays were the Sundays they gave me. And those were kind of easy home runs. I mean, you just preach about moms and dads and what they do and how to be a better mom or dad if, if I had any advice. And So those were real easy. But, but now we're, we're talking about something we're at the end of the year. I mean, everything is over. We just celebrated Christmas. And we're about to celebrate New Year's on Wednesday. And... I, you know, I could just stand here and tell you about uh, making a resolution. You know, a lot of us on Wednesday will make a resolution, and uh, Thursday morning we'll wake up and we'll make that resolution again, and then Friday we'll wake up and we'll be like, all right, forget it, I can't do it, because that's usually what happens to me. I can't keep any resolutions. And, and I could preach a message on that, but I was like, well, no, everybody's probably heard that. So today I really uh, just thought, to, I want to talk to the four-pointers. I want to talk to those of us that have come we're a part. We love this church. And I wanted to give us some encouragement about how to invite others to Four Points and how to maybe tell your lost friends about Jesus. Because in my, in my personal opinion, this is one of the hardest things to do, to invite someone to church and to tell others about Jesus. Uh, let's see. How many of you think I'm not blank enough? to invite your lost friends or family to Four Points. Like I said a while ago, that is a really hard thing to do. I was raised in a church, but I, was, I, I never was taught or told, hey, you've got to invite people to church. You have to do it. Uh, I guess when I was growing up, I just thought, well, you know, there's a preacher, and he's going to invite everybody to church. That's just what happens. 
Or if I just get someone to to church, the preacher, you know, they'll he'll save them. I just, I just got to get them there. But I, I still didn't even know how to ask somebody to come to church other than, hey, you want to come to church? I mean, that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of, that's awkward. But if you go back to, I'm not blank enough to invite somebody to church. Like, maybe you're not, you think you're not pretty enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not patient enough, or friendly, or the list could go on and on. I mean, but the, the first thing I want to talk about is I'm not good enough. So raise your hands if you think you are not good enough to invite somebody to church. Okay. I mean, how many times have you, just, have you said something like this? If I could just hit that softball a little bit further, you know, I would be awesome. Or girls... I hope none of you guys have said this one, but girls, how many of you have looked on Pinterest and said, man, if my bow just looked a little bit better, you know, that bow on Pinterest is amazing, and my bow doesn't look that good. If I just could do stuff a little bit better, if I could be a little bit better, you know, and when we have this mentality, we think, I can't invite anybody to church. I'm I'm not good enough. I've done too many wrong things. I'm not good enough to invite somebody to church. How am I good enough to tell someone about Jesus? You know, I'm not good enough to invite somebody to our church. I'm not good enough. But you are good enough. And the reason you are good enough is because God is God enough. And God will help you through it. God, you're good enough. You're good enough. You just have to train yourself. You have to have faith that you're going to be good enough, that you are good enough to invite your lost friends to church and tell others about Jesus. In Romans... 828, Paul wrote, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. So, let's look at that. It says, All things work together for good. Not some things, not most things, all things, everything. It covers all kinds of situations in your life, both good and bad. If you look back in your life, I'm sure there's things that you wish you could go back and change. And I know, we all know that we can't do that. The past is the past. But God promised that even though if it was a bad thing, He will make it all work together for good. So maybe you've made mistakes in your past. Maybe you've, you're, you're troubled today because of mistakes in your past. The damage was done, right? I mean, you can't, you can't really undo it. But we can go forward, and you have to let go of those things. And God is going to... He just will embrace you and He will wrap you in Him and He will let you know that He's going to turn these bad experiences into something good. I mean, maybe you did something so bad that it caused someone to die. But, you know, God can turn that around and He can cause you to be the reason that hundreds of people's lives are saved. And and maybe you did something that caused you to lose thousands of dollars. In your past. I mean, you just lost thousands of dollars. God and His wisdom and power can turn that around and cause you to make millions. You know, you can tell your friends about the mistakes you've made in the past because they're going to listen to you. They're your friends. I mean, they, you hang out with them. And it's because of those experiences and, and your, the way you act that they're going to they're listen to you. And you're going to be the perfect person to tell them what they need to, do, to hear. 
about the church, about Jesus. So just remember the first point. You are good enough because God is God enough. You are good enough because God is God enough. My second point is, I'm not smart enough. How many of you ever said, I'm not smart enough? I definitely say this all the time. I mean, there's so many things. Let's just start with something simple. I don't know the books of the Bible. I've not memorized. I don't know them Genesis to Revelation. Ha! See what I mean? So, but my son, who's seven, has learned the books of the Bible. In four kids, the past couple of weeks, they've been learning the books of the Bible. So, I wish I was a little bit smarter about the books of the Bible. How many of you don't know a ton about sports? That'd be me. Well, I hang out with two guys, Mark and Josh, and they know everything about sports. Okay? They sit there and they know who's playing, who's winning, what the guys' names are, what color cars they drive. You know, they know all this stuff, and I just sit there and smile. I'm like, yeah, that's good. It's good. So, there's lots of things that we, should be, that we would like to be smarter at. At. And I, I got to thinking this week when I was writing all this out, do we have to know everything about the Bible to tell someone about Jesus? I don't think so. And something popped up. I was watching TV and that, that, you know, that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? It was on and I was like, well, I wonder, am I smarter than a fifth grader? So I, I went online, I Googled up, you know, smarter than a fifth grader quiz. And sure enough, Ten questions come up, and so I've taken this little quiz, and I finished at the end, and I got a 60. I got six out of ten right. And from what I remember from school, that's not a real good grade. So I don't think I'm much smarter than a fifth grader, but I don't think we have to be that book smart to tell others about Jesus and invite them to four points. I mean, I've heard time and time again, you know, working in the church now, if I could just get my friends here to church... You know, the pastor, he's going to save them. I'm not smart enough to do that. But yes, you are. You're very smart. You know, your friends that you bring to church or invite to church, they're going to know what's going on here just because of the way you're acting around them during the week. It's not going to be... They're they're going to know what's going on here because they're going to see it all over you and all over your actions. Talking back about getting being smart, I... Uh, I was like, wonder what, 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 how, how long would it take me to just go down a dictionary until I didn't understand a word? So I got a little pocket American Webster dictionary on my Kindle app, and I, was, I just started reading. It didn't take but like two pages. And I got down to the word abattoir. And I was like, what in the world is abattoir? And uh, I had never heard it in my life. Probably some of you have. Probably some older people. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the word abattoir means slaughterhouse. That's what it is. Like a butcher shop. So I was like, my goodness, why would someone say, why, why do we need the word abattoir? I mean, that's, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But why don't, why don't you just say slaughterhouse? Because... Can you hear somebody running up to their wife, or their, the wife coming up to their, their husband saying, Honey, will you run down to the abattoir and get us some bacon? I mean, people don't say that. They would just say, Hey, go down to the store and get us some bacon. So 
just like using the word abattoir, you know, that's a really big word. And that word could be, some people might use that in their everyday talk. But we don't have to use big words like that when we're talking about Jesus. In Romans 10, 14, Paul tells, says this. He says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So look at that word, someone preaching. I got thinking about it. I said, yes, I know it says preaching, but you know we're not all called to be pastors. Thank goodness. Thank goodness Mark Pangle is called to be a pastor. But we all, we all can be preachers and doers of God's word and God's good deeds. So how can we do that? Two easy ways, things we can do when meeting people about Jesus. We can just tell other people about Jesus. It's simple. How he paid for our sins, how he died and rose. You know, and you have to do this gently. You can't be overbearing or you can't be um, just in their face. You have to, you know, like, I can just imagine somebody going to McDonald's and they're sitting there and they see somebody, they're struggling to pay for their food and, uh, you know, they go sit down and then you go sit down and then you, you go up to the person and say, hey, I, I think you need Jesus. I mean, I, I can tell you really need some Jesus. Why don't you come to my church and, uh, you know, my pastor, he's, he's a man of God and, you know, he'll tell you all about Jesus. You know, that's not the way you need to do it. You know, you need to show God's love. If you're, if you're at McDonald's and you see someone who's struggling, you know, they're trying to find enough money to buy their Big Mac meal, just, hey, step up and ask if you can pay for their meal. Give them one of our invite cards. I meant to grab one of those and bring them up here with me so that you could show how easy it is to just invite somebody to church. Something Angela does a lot, she's in the drive-thru and she'll pay for the person behind her's meal in the drive-thru and she just gives the card to the cashier and says, hey, will you give this to the person that's when they pull up to the window and say, hey, have a happy Monday, have a happy Friday or whatever. You know, God loves you. You know, that's one way we can show and tell others about God and Jesus and our church. The second way is we have to live an authentic Christian life. And we have to live, we have to walk the walk. I know you've heard that sometimes. Both ways of telling others about Jesus are very important. You know, if when we're telling others about Jesus, if, our, if the way we act contradicts what we're saying, people are going to not put stock in it. They're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to, they're not going to believe you. And if you... If you live an authentic Christian life, but you never tell anybody about Jesus, then how are people going to ever know? I mean, if you're doing all the right things, but you've never told anybody how much you love Jesus or how much you love your church, then no one's going to know that Jesus can be their Savior too. People use all kinds of excuses why not to share their faith with other people. They're too scared. They're, maybe they, they're not smart enough. They think they're not smart enough. You know, and this is probably one of my biggest fears is what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not super smart. I don't even know the books of the Bible in order. Uh, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? What you have to be able to do is tell them, look, I might not, I, I'm sorry, I don't know this answer, but I know somebody that does. And, you know, invite them to church anyway. Tell them, come on to church, we'll ask my pastor He'll, he, he'll, he'll probably know the answer. If he doesn't know it, he, he knows somebody that can probably tell him the answer. That has to be one of my biggest fears too, is just talking to others and being 
fearful of what are they going to ask me? I know all the I know all the the you know I know all the basic answers, but what if someone starts asking me questions that I don't know anything about? Just remember that God's not going to put you in a situation to where you're not going to be able to say something that you don't know the answer to. You'll just be able to say, look, come to church with me. We'll talk to my pastor. Uh, you know, I don't know the answer to this question. Don't be worried about it. So you're not smart enough, or you think you're not smart enough, but you are smart enough because God is God enough. Remember that. You're not smart. You are smart enough because God is God enough. And the last one I want to talk about is I'm not wealthy enough. So I know we all think we're not wealthy enough. I don't even have to ask you to raise your hands because that's that's the basics of our society is is money. It can it can money talks about so many different things. You know the or if you're not wealthy enough, do you not do you do you not have enough stuff? You know, like, do you, do you need another car? Do you need another electronic? Do you need another pocketbook? I mean, do you, are you wealthy enough? You know, we just finished up one of the craziest times of the year of getting stuff. You know, how many of you sat around at your Christmas party and were like, man, if I just had more money, I could have bought them a better present? You know, or, man, if I just, you know, if, if I didn't have to need all this money and have to work on Christmas Day, I could have been with my family, you know? How many of you thought, man, if I just had more money, I could have gave more money to that four points Christmas offering? Whew, they could have got $50,000. Do you know how much money it takes of yours to tell people about Jesus? I mean, if you hit the lottery tomorrow, you know, I mean, you would give it all to four points, right? Uh, Or you might go off to Nicaragua and, and build a mission and, and, and move your, move there, right? That's probably what you do if you hit the Powerball. I doubt that many of us, probably not even me, that's, that's probably not what we're going to do. I mean, if we're honest and we sit around and we dream about it, you know, I know everybody does this probably. I know I do. Hey, the Powerball's up to $200 million. It's time to go buy a ticket because, you know, $30 million's not enough. But $200 million, I'm in. And, and we sit around at night and you're laying there in bed and you're dreaming about what all, what am I going to buy? When I hit the Powerball, well, I'm going to pay my house off, got to get a new car and buy me a vacation house. And I got to, you know, I'm naming all these things. I, I need a few more electronics and, you know, I got to pay for my kid's college. So you're naming all this stuff that you, you've already, you're spending the money. But how many times have we had that conversation and been like, well, you know, first I would, I would use that money to tell others about Jesus. I mean, that has to be your number one. Do you know that the Bible mentions money more than 800 times? I'm sure you've heard that. That's a ton of times. It says it that many times because it's that important. Do you have to be filthy, filthy rich to tell others about Jesus? I, I don't think so. I think it would help some. I'm waiting on God to make me filthy, filthy rich so that I can do that. And what if you're slap broke? Can you tell others about Jesus? You sure can. I know that for a fact. So how much money does it take to tell other people? How much of your money does it take to tell other people about Jesus? It takes all of it. All of your money. I'm not saying that you can't have stuff, but just think about it. If you see somebody riding down the road, I mean, if you're riding down the road and you see someone walking and they look 
you know, they need a ride. You can only stop and give them a ride if you have money to put gas in your car. And, and if you're in the line at the grocery store and you, tell, you can tell somebody's, you know, they're $5 short and they're having to, they're, they're, they almost have to put something back on the shelf because they didn't bring enough money with them. You know, you can only help that person out in that time of need if you've got the money in your pocket to do it. So if you enjoy coming to Four Points, you know, and you like worshiping here and praising God every week, and, you know, the only way we can do this is with your support. So I, I, I come back to my thing, how much of your money does it take to tell others about Four Points and to tell people about Jesus? It takes all of your money, all that you can make. So you might, not, you might be saying this morning, you know, I came in here and I, I, I've never invited somebody to church. I've never told anybody about Jesus. But I want you to know that you can start today. You can go home. You can leave here. You can start a plan out. Who am I going to invite to Four Points? Who am I going to go to work tomorrow and tell, about, tell Jesus about? Because, listen, you can do those things because God is God enough. God is going to give you the power. God is going to put you in the situations. You just have to have the faith. You have to believe that God is going to put you in those situations to where you can be good enough, you can be smart enough, and you can be wealthy enough to do all that. Everybody close your eyes and bow your heads. How many of you are just sitting here today and you're like, I am tired, I am tired of saying that I am not good enough. I'm tired of saying I'm not smart enough. I'm tired of saying I'm not wealthy enough to tell others about Jesus. Raise your hand if you're just tired of saying those things. Thank you. If there's anyone out there today who today is the day you're saying, I'm ready to accept Christ as my Savior, we have someone in the back that wants to pray with you. And if that's you today, if you're just, you know, it's about to be the beginning of a new year and you're ready, you want God to be your all. You want God to be good enough for you and God to be God for you. If that's you this morning, will you raise your hand? Father, I just thank you so much for this wonderful Sunday. Father, we just thank you so much for things that happened in 2013. And we're so excited about what's in store in 2014. Father, I just ask that you be with everyone that's here today. Give them the courage. Give them the faith. That when they meet a friend or they meet a family member that needs you, that they just boldly go up and ask them, Father, give us the strength to invite our lost friends to Four Points. Father, we're we're grateful for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen.